I was speaking to a dentist this morning. I told him that my fee for what he asked me to do was going to be $20,000. He said, done. Within 30 seconds, no problem. Hi, this is Michael Sinoff with Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. Here's a series of interviews with existing HMA marketing consultants. The number one concern from people interested in becoming a marketing consultant is, how do I get my first client? Well, what you're about to hear in this next series of recordings are interviews with existing HMA consultants that reveal exactly how they got their first client. I hope you find this helpful, and I hope it gives you the confidence and the ability to go get your first client, even even before you invest in the HMA system. But all the people I talk to who are interested in getting into consulting, even though you've got a lot of experience, they want to know, well, how do you get that first client? So I thought, what better thing to do than ask some of the HMA students or people with consulting experience how they got their first client or how the HMA system has made it easier. Just any kind of advice or reality check that someone considering going into the consulting business can gain from your experience. So why don't you just start off by telling what your name is, what you do, and how you got into the little consulting business here. Okay. Well, my name is David Bullock, White Bullock Group Incorporated. What I do is business consulting, business development on the website as well as offline for small to mid-sized businesses. I do something called Gucci Methodology, and that works with other businesses to help them increase their response rate. I was really interested in the HMA system because I saw that as rounding out for giving me further depth of breath into my background. I am a salesperson up to $100 million in sales I've already done, but knowing the pieces and parts from a foundational standpoint as far as a system, the USP, going from that to being able to articulate the sales argument, to be able to put together the letters, develop the alliances, basically from A to Z was something I did not have. Getting the first client was relatively easy. It was as easy as walking to a business owner and saying, how's business going? And it's saying, not so good. And you're saying, well, we can make that better. And here's how. And then that one client led to another. Actually, today I engaged the client for $20,000 to help him with both the web as well as the offline side of his business. And then I have another client coming right behind that one. If I do this wrong, it will be $20,000 a month. If I do it right, $100,000 a month. And all of that is based on just going into the client base, doing the survey that it's talked about on the CD find out what the USP really is, find out not what you're selling, but what they're actually buying, developing the proper alliances both online and offline, and then handling the conversions on the interim. That's really all I'm doing, but it's as easy as asking the question. I was at a conference in Dallas just the other week, and a young lady said that she had a ski website, and I said, well, how's it going? She said, oh, it could be doing better. I said, you know, maybe I can help with those conversions. Here's what I do. And she said, let me have your card, and subsequently I got a call. When you say, here's what I can do, what's your elevator pitch? What do you say? Elevator pitch is, I help you with the conversions on your website or with your business. Anyone can get people either to their website or into their business. That's the traffic part. But if you don't convert that traffic because you have a sales message which is articulated very clearly and concisely and actually doesn't necessarily match the customer's conversation but aligns with it so they see a positive future, no profit comes out. So it's a basic formula of traffic plus conversions equals profit. I handle the conversions piece. That's exactly how I illustrate it to people. So with this particular client, the one with the ski website, did you set up an appointment by phone or was it in person? It was by phone. She was in another state. So I met her at a conference. She took my card. She gave me a call. I used go to meetings, so went to her site and saw the obvious thing. No headline, no articulated sales argument, no USP, 
no credibility elements on the site, no capture mechanism for any email address, no communication elements, all those things that are standard and customary for a business to have if they want to enter into a sales process, she didn't have. So I turned around and said, look, for me to just work on this first part, it's going to cost $1,500. If we keep on going at this, it may get up over to 15000 And she said, fine, as long as I can see what each one of the steps are, then we're good to go. So the first thing was to start with the USP. What are you doing? And why would someone want to buy from you? And then I asked, I said, I'd like to speak to some of your clients also to find out why they bought. So you can take those things and put those in the sales argument and move forward from there. So on your pricing, are you charging per step like Richard recommends? Are you doing any contingency? What's your philosophy on pricing? And I know you're an experienced seasoned sales pro. A lot of the consultants coming in don't have the experience you have. For instance, we just talked to a gentleman who quoted someone $600 for a USP. And I know, and Richard knows, and you probably know, the difference in what you charge can be two things, who you're talking to and your level of confidence. And it's easy to understand you have that confidence in you because of the experience you have behind you. But what would you tell someone who's starting out and maybe doesn't have as much confidence? What would you advise them as far as charging and what's your philosophy on pricing your services? It really does depend on who you're dealing with. Hence, we use blood out of a rock. If there's no money in the business, then you have to make the decision that you're going to reduce your pricing and just get it done for them so that they get a result so they can continue to pay you. Or you just don't do business with them at all. For me, it's deciding, is it worth my time to work with that business? What is the potential? I do do contingencies. I'll do a retainer of minimum $5,000. Plus, when I make my promise, I get the rest of it. Plus, I usually cut in a back end on any increase that we're able to see. A lot of the work I do is online, and I have tools that allow me to track and test to make sure that I'm above their baseline when we started. So it's very easy for me to have that contingency back end because I can see what's going on. In an offline business, especially if there are phone calls going into an office, is more difficult. So in that case, you charge your flat fee, get it done, whatever promise you made as far as increase. I, after listening to the tapes, I started saying between 25 and 200 percent. Although with the technology I can use, I can use sometimes get up to 700 percent. The 25 to 200 makes people very comfortable, and it lowers the threshold at which I have to perform. So when I get the two, three, four hundred percent increase by stacking media or going offline and online, optimizing the website, using advanced testing on any other piece of the sales process, it's better for me because that back end is tied to that, and I'm tracking that all the time. Richard, you got anything for David? David, you mentioned right at the beginning it's as easy as walking into a business and just saying, how are things going? Have you done any prospecting for businesses? Have you done any workshops or anything like that? Well, I've been very fortunate. I speak in seminars now, and I'm being called to speak at different seminars around the country. I've been in Chicago twice. I was just in Washington just yesterday speaking on my expertise. And from that, business development comes. So I really haven't done any prospecting, so to speak. I am thinking about going to the local chamber of commerce because the businesses that I get on a plane and go to the other parts of the country are here in Nashville. So I feel like I need to probably stop and go to the local chamber of commerce because now I have an information product which speaks for me. I'm speaking at seminars. So I'm probably trying to be at home a little because I'm a celebrity outside of my own hometown now. That one situation where I was at the conference, it was just as easy as asking the question, what business do 
you have and how's it going. A business owner, most of the time, the guy or gal is not going to say it's great. It's always it could be better. And if you can tell them that you can get them 25% more than they had before, minimal, what are they going to say? No. As long as their product or service can hold my fee, and that's what I usually look for too, what are they selling? If they don't have the volume in or the profitability to hold my fee, obviously it's not worth it. And I have turned away some clients because they were selling an e-book for $19. Yeah. That's not going to do anything. But when you get to the folks that are selling something upwards of $2,500 per unit sale, they can easily hold the fee. I was speaking to a dentist this morning. I told him that my fee for what he asked him to do was going to be $20,000. He said, done. Within 30 seconds, no problem. Do you have them pay you all up front? No, usually what I do is I do half when I start because I have people I need to pay to get things done and then half upon my promise. The nice thing is with this particular situation, this is a pilot. The reason I'm doing this one so cheap is because this is a pilot and that person has a ton of influence about what the 2,000 other individuals that he would want this work done for. So I'm in the process now of setting up an affiliate that will bring me more business without me having to go out and prospect. I'm trying to be really niche. And then people with websites in a particular area, high ticket items, because those folks can pay me. I even have a client now, my hosting company that I'm looking to work with now that has 78,000 customers, never surveyed one of them, has not communicated at all with any of them. So that's a gold mine. But he has email addresses, name address, phone numbers, and these people are paying him on a year-to-year basis. What's this HMA system going to mean for you down the road? How has it put things together for you, or did you already have a lot of this knowledge before you got it? I was familiar with Jay Abraham and Dan Kennedy. I've been a savage student of both of those. When I was building my territory, I used those direct marketing and those points while I was working in corporate America. Well, in corporate America is where I learned how to deal on the sales side. Now, they don't teach you a system. The HMA system is a system. So now I have something to weave all the other skill sets, the sales, the marketing, all the other skill sets are now woven into the HMA system. Now, HMA is a great foundation. Just gave you a way to package everything. Right. I went through the paperwork first. I kind of spot went through the DVD. The USP one I think I went through four times. That is the most important part. Everything else after that becomes mechanics. Can you develop the joint ventures? Can you get a letter written? Can you get it into the mail? My expertise is in the testing part of it, so I don't ever write a letter and say, this is the letter, this is the letter we're going to try, and we continue to iterate against that letter until we get it right. But now I have a battery of copywriters, web designers, graphic artists, traffic developers for the online marketplace, pay-per-click folks, that now when I need folks in place, I can just plug them into a project as long as the project has enough money to hold them. It's a great system. I need to go through it again to see if I'm missing anything. But so far, so good. I mean, you could really take just one piece of the HMA system, like just the joint venture part of it, and go to it and say, hi, you're in business. Who else has customers that want what you're selling? Let's find those people who have those customers. Okay, you could make a career just with the JV piece of it. And you can make a career just with USB. Oh, absolutely. And you can make a career just with database. Oh, my gosh. I was at a database conference in Washington. I had no idea that there are companies out there that have more traffic than they know what to do with, more content than they know what to do with, and they still can't figure out how to convert. And I'm sitting here saying, oh, my gosh, they don't split test, they don't do anything, and they're saying, oh, we wish we knew how to convert. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I have a training package now on nothing but testing. 
how to convert, when to convert, what methods to use, what tools to use. I've had other tools created. So now, that is my segue into just about any business. Whatever you're doing, you could probably be doing better or better yet. Let's just get your baseline. Just getting a business's baseline is worth a lot of money there because they don't know where they are. This is great because I'm starting with the testing piece. Now I'm business development as opposed to just testing. So I can talk to a dentist today and say, well, what is it you're trying to do? Oh, well, I'm looking to put something together for the web and offline and a CRM. Well, I can help you with that. Really? Well, how much is that going to cost? Well, that'll be upwards of $20,000. Oh, okay. That was the whole conversation. That was it. David, I know you're busy, and I really appreciate it. I'm glad I was able to connect you. You're hard guy to get in touch with. David, thank you very, very, very much. No problem. I appreciate it. Richard, good to talk to you finally. Hey, you too, sir. Thank you. If I could just ask you some questions, and you can just share your experience, and Richard, you can offer any kind of commentary and feedback. So tell us your name and where you're from and how you fell into this HMA consulting business. Okay, my name is Peter Paracon. I'm from the greater Detroit area, and I have been pretty much a student of J. Abraham for probably the last 10 years, and it's been just an evolving trail. Started out with Jay's stuff, and then got into the TEQ with Chet Holmes, and along the way I had been self-employed and had two or three businesses, and I sold them out about five years ago. Then I retired and wanted to do some of the marketing stuff that I had learned. Did some stuff around the Detroit area, moved down to Florida for a couple years, worked with a couple companies down there, and really didn't know how to totally put it all together. The TEQ really helped me as far as corporate organization, how to structure, things like that. Yeah, but I was still kind of vague on the marketing end. And then when I was talking to you, you and I went back and forth on some things, then the HMA came along and I synthesized it all together where it made sense to me. And it gave me a template, really like the outline. In fact, when I go talk to clients, I take it with me. Now, what outline is this? The opportunity analysis? The opportunity analysis. I just sit right down with it, and they watch me fill it out. It helps. It's a lot more professional, because they're not expecting that. They're expecting somebody to come in there and start schmoozing them or talking Selling them a product. Right, right. And you start asking them the hard questions, and the thing that really has impressed me the most in Canada is the light bulb went on. Well, when Chet and the PEQ talked about the stadium pitch, the stadium pitch and the USP are kind of related. The stadium pitch is kind of a longer version of the USP. That's what I'm finding when I talk to people. They just have no idea what business they're in. For the three clients that I've had, that has been the light bulb going on for them. It's hard for people, too. They have no idea. I'm a carpet cleaner, but why am I cleaning carpets? Can you go back and kind of bring us to the involvement of your very first client? I was in Florida until last October, and I came back. The company I was working with had some financial problems. One of our larger clients went Chapter 11 on us, and I was using the PEQ down there. I totally organized that company, and they were doing really well, so this client puked on us. And then I got back here and was fixing the house up because I have a residence up here and I also at least a place down in Sarasota area. And I had a friend of mine who had three businesses. He had an insulation business, he had a light manufacturing business, commercial lighting, and he was starting a new operation which was in the training area or the health fitness area. It was called My Training Card. It was a plastic card that workouts were put on it and it was a computerized thing that printed out and we're still working on that. But anyway, we were talking when we were on his boat in October, and he's like, what are you doing? And at this point, I was just getting into the HMA because I was reading material on it. And to be honest with you, Michael, I'm like everybody else. I'm there trying to read this thing and glean as much as I can without having to buy the darn thing. How much material can I get out of here that will help me without having to buy the whole thing? It was titillating enough that it gave you enough information, but not enough that you needed the analysis worksheets and the videos and stuff. That was October. So he flat out just hired me because I had enough information just from what you put free on the site to actually start. 
it. And I knew the UST was the first thing he had to do, and I went into his lighting business, and he was all over the place, and we developed the UST for that, and he was really happy with that. It helped us out. He's a manufacturer, and it was kind of a direct sales situation, and we evolved from there into a sales rep regional model, and we actually are going around the country now setting the reps up. USP has helped us with that. We need to get all the materials out for them, and they need to get it to the people that are buying them. So. Peter, how are you finding these reps? For more interviews like this, please go to hardtofindseminars.com. The industry is kind of small. In other words, like Lithonia is the huge guy on the block, and Cooper Light Brands, I think, is another big manufacturer. And that's the distribution model for the lighting industry. They're based on representatives and regions. So you merely look in the yellow pages, who's the Lithonia rep? You go to that person, you say, I have another line of lights. And we don't compete directly with them. We have an indirect commercial light that is patented by this gentleman that I work with that puts out 25% more light and it saves on installation. It's indirect lighting, which is a little different than direct lighting. I helped him evolve his USP around that. So how many reps will he try to have? Uh, right now we have 16 reps, mostly covering the eastern and southern part of the country. We go as far as Oklahoma right now. Pretty much Oklahoma, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, New York, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana. These reps just take the product on on a commission basis. Right. And a representative might be handling 50 lines, and you're just one more line. Your job is to get him to sell your line. But you had to track those down one at a time through the phone book? Yeah, that's pretty much that's what you do. You just, on the Internet, you click on lighting representative. There are sites that will categorize them for you and give you a, a yeah. rep state. You call them, of course, they're happy to take a line. It's no skin off there, no. But again, the key is to educate them to sell your line. And that goes back to the USP, because you don't have much time with these people. You've got to impress them right away. That's right. How were you able to close the deal with this first client? What you do is you just start asking questions. Oh, how's business going? Oh, it's going all right. Well, are you selling as much as you like? No, no. Well, why not? Guys can't put the finger on it. Like, I've got this great product, but nobody wants to buy it. And they don't understand it because they don't have a USP, and they don't know how to communicate that. Did you take him through the opportunity analysis? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what I do is I go through the opportunity analysis for him. Then he actually hired me on a salary basis to work for him. So I'm working with him now on a salary on a regular basis, and I'm still picking up other clients on the side. And what I do because of the fact that when I retired, I really didn't need this as a source of a first income is I'm really tuned in more to joint ventures and I went through the thing you sent me is one of the bonuses the 250 page joint venture and that's kind of how I approach it when I go up for a client now I'm really looking at an equity stake in their company I don't need to waste my time doing a little bit of consulting for a couple hundred bucks I really like to keep what I can do and the thing is too it's almost like cheating because you go in there and you ask them these questions and they're providing you with all this information that is very valuable and they have no idea how valuable it is so these guys are divulging, yeah, I have a customer list of 5,000 or 10,000 customers. And, well, what do you do with those? Oh, well, nothing. I think we mailed them once. And you're sitting there going, oh, okay. And you know that's revenue just sitting there. That's right. What's the biggest challenge of doing this consulting? The challenge, I think, is getting people, first of all, to believe you, that what you're telling them is true, because nobody's ever told them that. And the second is to get them out of their comfort zone because some of them are just kind of comfortable doing what they're doing. They're making enough and they're paying their bills and they don't want to go to that next level. they got kids.
kids, they're busy. Now you need to find somebody that's really, really hungry. Or you need to go into larger companies, which Richard was talking about on the video. But what happens is when you get into larger companies, like you say, over 10 million, now you start butting up heads with marketing departments yeah. and things like that. The guy I'm working with now, he's doing about five and a half million. And he was right at that point because he had a couple people that were on the outside. He had a copywriter and he had a graphics person, but he didn't have anybody internally that was driving the marketing. It was all coming from him. Nobody telling him what he needed to do. So that's kind of where I came in. I said, here's what you need to do. You need the USP. You need to integrate it into everything. You need to get all your salesmen on the same page. And then from the PEQ background, throw that in for free. It's like, you need to systematize this. You need to train these guys. You know, it's just a lot of the PEQ stuff that comes in over the top of the HMA from a structural standpoint. Do you have any challenges that you want to discuss with Richard? How many of the consultants do what you do as far as the meetings, like the Timber Commerce stuff and things like that? Well, for example, I've got a client in Fargo, North Dakota. We put on a workshop. He sponsored it. He was with a manufacturing association group, and he sponsored it with the local small business development center. We had 25 people there representing about 11 businesses, and these businesses were across the board in manufacturing and service and professional, and we scheduled for that client 10 appointments to follow up and give assessments to those 10 businesses. He'll either close them on one-on-one -on -one consulting or he'll put them in a group and use the training materials. So, yeah, Peter, it just depends on where you're right. at in your career. Yeah. Some of the people that are doing this are pretty much, this is what they're doing and they're geared to it. They want to go right through it and I've kind of been around, I'm 55, I've been there and done that. Well, let me just say this. What he did say was most critical, and I will say that, and that is you've got to go in and just start talking to them about their business and asking a lot of questions, which is why we have the opportunity analysis, so that the client doesn't feel like you're pushing some kind of solution or product, but rather you're helping him solve his problem. Then the other thing that Peter said is critical is the guy's got to feel and believe he's got a problem. If he's not motivated, don't waste your time. The guy that Peter met was motivated. He was ready to change his situation. It's also clear that some of these guys are just so comfortable where they're at, they're not motivated enough to change. So to all of the HMA guys out there who are looking for their first client, spare yourself a lot of energy by not going to people who are not motivated. That will only discourage you. And so in part of your qualifying, you need to just find out and make sure these guys are kind of in a mindset ready to make the change. Is that right, Peter? I totally agree. I think like you were talking about in South Dakota and North Dakota, maybe there's not the opportunity that's available. I'm in a metropolitan area of right. six or seven million people. I can go down right now five houses off to my main street right here and go down there and there's a hundred businesses and I can walk into any one of them I want or I can do mailings to them. That's probably was going to be my next move because I'm not that comfortable calling people on a telephone just for myself. I like the mailings where you just mail them out. Tell you what, Peter, send me an email with your mailing and we'll work on it together. Oh, okay. And certainly help you with that. I remember talking to you about those cards for the gym. Did you get that guy as a client? That's who it is. That's his third business. Oh, that's his third business. That's internet-based, and we've been waiting to get it totally squared away on the internet. And just last week, our tech guys got that all set. So we actually have a meeting week from Thursday with a person that has 40 fitness facilities in the Detroit area, and he's very excited about looking at our products. So we're going to go into a presentation. I'll do the presentation.
tapes like a PowerPoint and see if we can sign them up. We were out to Vegas. We took the product out to Vegas to the big Bursa show, which was the International Racket Health and Sports Show. Premiered it out there. It got a lot of good feedback. We're doing a lot of follow-ups, but nothing concrete. Everybody wants the Internet version. And like I said, that's just coming out now. I could talk about good stories, but have you done an opportunity analysis where it just bombed? I think I told you about this. The gentleman was the race car guy. This guy was just perfect for this. He had a warehouse distributed out of his warehouse. He was up to like $4 million three years ago, and business just stinks. Now he's down now to about $1.5 and he is ripe for this. He's got a name recognition he doesn't use. He's got mail order he doesn't use. He's got a whole database of clients he's not using. So you got in and did an opportunity analysis? I did the opportunity for him, and he was kind of excited, and I did the analysis. Then what I do is I do a whole binder for the person. I fill out that opportunity analysis. And what's the other one? There's the opportunity analysis, then there's the actual implementation where you tell them what you're going to do. The prospectus? The prospectus. And I fill that out, and I type that all out specifically for them, putting their names in the different spots, and I hand them that in a binder and I couldn't land the guy. Where did you price it at? I told him I would do the USP for $600 because I wanted to get my foot in the door because I knew that once I got going, I could take a percentage, especially with the Internet stuff because he hasn't started any Internet stuff. But I don't know if I was too strong and scared of him or if he just looked at it and said, that looks like too much work. It is a numbers game. You're not going to get everyone. I'm going to wait a little bit and go back and say, why didn't you do it? That's a good idea, Pia. And there also was a photographer in his wife do commercial photography and sat with them and they were excited about it and they admitted yeah we don't have USP we're going the wrong direction things aren't that great did a one hour free consultation with them left them the same thing materials and everything and I set a follow up and then he was busy and all that goes and then I saw him at a social function three weeks later and he's like well I really appreciate everything and we're really going to get going with this and I'm really going to call you and I haven't heard anything from him and I'm the kind of guy where if you don't call me I ain't calling you you know, I put an interview of me doing an opportunity analysis with George, the owner of a tanning spa, and I put it up there on my site at hardtofindseminars.com on page H. It's one of the first ones. In the beginning, I stated this is the perfect type of client because it's clear as I interviewed him, never meeting him, just all by phone, he was such a perfect client. He was so willing. He had studied the Abraham stuff. He had all the materials, but he couldn't put it together, and he wanted an expert to do it for him, and that's why he hired me right over the phone and this is the type of client that makes doing consulting a pleasure because when someone says yes you really have a business partner that's the way I look at it I could see this was going to be a more difficult one and there are a lot out there that are like low hanging fruit you can just see it they're just not doing it right it makes it more successful quicker and that's kind of what I'm looking for I really do appreciate everything you did and you put it together so that it's understandable and that people can take it and actually make money with it appreciate that and that's exactly all that happened is we just packaged it in a way that you could step-by-step make some money with it. Well, Bill, I had mentioned to Richard that you've been a consultant for some time, and you kind of got a little bit active and got deactive, but you just shared with me that you got your first client, which you're really excited about. And the reason I'm doing this call is the number one question most people ask me is, how do I get my first client? I think it's on everyone's mind. I want to get that first client, get my investment back. And I thought sharing some of the stories with some of the HMA consultants on how they did that and the feelings and the fears and all that went into that would be a help for anyone considering becoming an HMA consultant. And Richard agreed to get on the phone and interact with some of the consultants. And so why don't you just say who you are, where you're from, and kind of your story, how you got into the consulting, and then lead up to your very first client that you were excited to tell me about and tell me how that evolved.
he pulls out this big wad of cash, and he looks at me and he says, do you remember I asked if I could pay November 1st? And I said, yeah. And he said, can I pay you early? <laughs> and I was like, oh, of course you can pay me early. Hi, it's Michael Senoff with Michael Senoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. Here's another case study with a gentleman named Paul Flood. He's one of our new HMA consultants, and you're going to hear his story about what's been going on and how he was able to get his first client as a marketing consultant. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, this is Paul. Hey, Paul, it's Michael Senoff. How are you? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? Good. Sounds like things are going good for you. Yes. Getting my own pillars in place, and they're starting to roll. All right, great. You got a couple minutes to talk? Yeah. I got this email from you. I'm going to read it. It says, I was at my computer store client today. You may remember that he asked me if he could pay my fee November 1st. Today, he asked if I would mind if he paid me early. He said the only reason he had so much extra cash is because of me and said it was one way he wanted to express his gratitude. This business is a lot of fun, and as I continue to build it, it is definitely going to be quite lucrative. Enjoy your weekend, Paul. That is a great story. Yeah, it really was. He pulls out this big wad of cash, and he looks at me and he says, do you remember I asked if I could pay November 1st? And I said, yeah. And he said, can I pay you early? <laughs> and I was like, oh, of course you can pay me early. And he said, things are going real well, and it's just like I said in the email, it's because of the work that I have done. So this is already happening before we really kicked anything off. It is just from the suggestions that I made on how to close sales, that phrase of what brings you into the store today. He said that has been huge, and also I've taught them how to upsell and cross-sell. And he said each one of those is combining to really bring me a lot of business and close a lot of business and never would. And since it's a computer store, his salespeople are more tech-oriented, and adding these couple of things to their repertoire, I think, has helped make them more comfortable in the selling process. The way I got the lead was I called them to do an on-site service for my wireless network here. And so I asked the tech about his business and about the owner. So I followed up with the owner and said, I can help you increase your sales by 25% or more. And he said, you got me listening. So I went out and did an opportunity analysis with him. And I had made some suggestions during the opportunity analysis, one of them being one of your seminars with the sales scripting. I gave him that technique, what a clerk should say to a client or a prospects coming into the store, which was, what brings you into our store today? So he asked me about some things regarding behavior and motivation. And so the incentive background, I said, well, you would need to reward people for saying that phrase. So he set up an incentive program for his people that every time they said that phrase to a prospect coming in the store, he gave them a Coke. Wow, that's great. Now, let me ask you, it's a computer store that did what? It's a small local computer store, and they do custom builds as well as repairs of existing systems. Also, software installation. He's really big on Linux, so he's trying to get Linux conversion amongst his customers. Okay, that's great. The computers really are far less expensive than what you would buy at one of the major retailers as well. So he does have that competitive advantage. And he sort of has a rebel attitude, too, so that's something that I can build into his USP. Did you close him on a project or two? I closed him on that quick start because initially he said, my business cash is king, and while I understand the benefit of these first two steps, I need to get people in the store right away. All right, so how did you present the quick start? What I presented it as is that I am going 
going to spend some time in your store understanding your business, understanding your people, your selling process. We'll craft a USP based on what I learned. Then I'm going to do a mailing through his existing customer base. How many does he have? 5,000. And it's going to be a total 4,000 because of the number of names that he has that he thinks are bad. So I just spoke to a vendor about cleaning and calling a database. You want to go to Melissa? data.com M-E-L-I-S-S-A dot com is a wonderful site Okay, good. Another idea that comes to mind, I have a letter that I can send you. It's from Brian Keith Voyle's Advertising Magic Course. It's a letter that he did for a computer cleaning service for cleaning out computers, and it was very effective. I think he gave the results on it. i got to find it, and that may be a great reactivation to get them coming back in, recleaning their computers. Okay. So I'll find that letter, and I'll email that to you here. I'll get it to you by Monday. Okay, I would really appreciate that. And it's a proven letter, and that may be real effective. All right, so go ahead with the quick start thing. So you'd hang out, you develop on a USB, and you're going to try and make them quick money. How did you charge for that? I said, for this project, I'm going to charge you $2,500. And he said, based on what you've done for me so far, that's a no-brainer. Because with just having his staff use that phrase, people were saying, okay, I'm here for this, and they're selling a lot more computers. And I also told him, tell me your sales process. And he said, well, why they should buy from you. And you get a free keyboard, monitor, and mouse when you buy a computer for me. And I said, no, they don't. You're paying for that, so it's not free. So what you want to do is when somebody seems to be sitting on the fence, say, if you buy this today, I will throw in the keyboard, the mouse, and the monitor, which is this value. And he said, actually, in the last couple of weeks, he's closed a few of his most expensive systems on the same day the person was in the store as a result of that. Very good. Does he offer on-site troubleshooting? Yes, he does. And he's actually far cheaper than anybody around here. I was shocked when they came out here. It was only 60 bucks an hour for the guy to do that work. Okay, good. So you paid you up front? He's paying me November 1st. And I'll do the work and have everything ready, but nothing happens until I have a check. So it's pretty exciting because he knows a lot of people, and he does a lot of on-site work for corporate, and he said, I love helping people that help me make money. It'll all come back to you, reciprocation. Did you have another deal going? Yes. A friend of mine from my Tai Chi school has developed a software program that trucking and logistics companies use for improved routing efficiency. He told me what he was doing, and I said, this isn't really what I do, is start work with startups, but if you want some advice here and there, I can give it to you. So he said, well, I'll tell you what, could you look at my website? And I looked at his website and got back to him, and I said, well, if you're trying to bore people to death with engineering language, it's going to do great. If you're trying to sell it, you're not going to sell it to anybody. So then he said, well, what are you charging an hour? And I said, I'll charge two and a quarter an hour. So he said, let me talk to my partner. And I said, just so you know, this is not what I specialize in, but I can give you some advice. Were you okay charging by the hour, or did you consider saying, well, I don't charge by the hour, I charge by the project? I told him, I'm going to charge you for a deliverable, but I work in 10-hour blocks. Okay, that's good. So you will have to purchase a minimum of 10 hours, which is going to be 22.50, if you want me to work on this project at all. And so then he sent me the outline of a marketing plan that he had developed, and I got back to him with something he would need to do. I said, it needs to be a more quick start than what you've got here. So I'm conferencing with them again on Monday to get the scope of the project. I'm going to say you're going to be looking at about five grand, but they've already committed to the four. That's up front. All right, that's great, Paul. And one of the things he said was, I don't know where else to go, and you're the only person I know, and even though I know this is not what you're specializing in, he said it's very obvious that you have marketing knowledge to help me, and I said that's true, and I can tell you if you go to another marketing firm, 
you're going to be looking at a huge amount of money right up front. But since I have this better understanding of what you're doing, I think I can help you out. And I said, if it looks to be something that's a little bit more long-term and it looks attractive enough to me, then I can look at providing you with additional marketing support for a piece of the company. If it's profitable and if we all three agree that we like working with one another and look for a longer-term relationship. Right. That's very smart. Well, that sounds great. I'm real proud of you going out there and doing it. Tell me about your relationship with the okay. chamber guy. This is a, a local chamber of commerce, pretty good-sized one. And in my past life and jobs, I volunteered extensively and moved up through executive committee treasurer to vice chairman and chairman of the board. I still have a lot of contacts out there, and I'm using that a lot for my network. So I had contacted the president of the chamber and said, I can help you, and you can help me, so let's get together. So as I started explaining the concept to him, I said, one of the things that people come to a chamber for is to make business contacts, and the way that you currently teach your staff to use those business contacts and you teach them about networking is that you say, okay, come to a networking event and exchange business cards. I said, that may get a lead or a sale, but if you've got a new member and you say, who is your customer? And as a Chamber of Commerce, a service that we're going to offer is we're going to find people who have customers like yours, and we can help you establish joint ventures and alliances between these chamber members. And as the ambassadors go out or the chamber staff goes out and creating alliances and showing the benefits of it, you know, you can try to do this yourself, but there is a guy who put this concept together for us, and he can do this for you. And he said, typically, we don't just give endorsements, but given what I know you can do for me and what I want to do for you, you'll get my endorsement. And it's a 1,200 chamber member, uh, quite a mix, a lot of manufacturers. It's actually very, very light on the retail. What I told him is I said, I can really help you get more manufacturers in here. Also, is that when we get a new manufacturer, we'll have a letter going out. The letter would go to the manufacturer stating, thanks for joining the chamber. Here's the benefits you're going to get, and here's 10 more letters that you can send out to other manufacturers and people that you know, and for everyone that signs up for a chamber membership, then you're going to get some special discount or something along those lines. Then we're not going to propose, and he said he's open to either one, and that is a letter to the chamber membership or an email to the chamber membership inviting them to a seminar or a series of seminars that I'll be putting on. All right, there you go. That's great. And then I am giving a seminar at that chamber in just a couple of weeks because the guy who runs the Small Business Development Center, I also go way back with him, and he said, I am required by the SBDC to offer seminars and help out. I actually only have about 20 minutes to present, but once again, it's to get my name. I believe the SBDCs are funded through the SBA, the Small Business Administration. Then there are requirements of things that he has to do to maintain his standing and the requirements of the SBA, one of which is to give seminars. With only 20 minutes, he said, what topic would you want to go with? And I said, well, the biggest impact is going to teach people how to develop a USB. So I just put together a little outline for him and said, this is what I'll be discussing. And then, of course, hang around afterwards for consulting opportunities. He said, you can put brochures and talk to the attendees. And he said, typically, they are pretty well attended. You may be able to take them through a speed opportunity analysis, all the steps, rather than just focus on the USB. If you got 20 minutes, what you could do before you do your presentation, why don't you rehearse it and put it up online or record it digitally, maybe burn it on a CD and bring 100 CDs to the thing. And so you can say, I know I 
uh, talk fast, and anyone who didn't catch it all, I've got the entire presentation on a CD, and you can put that on a CD with your opportunity analysis presentation. Oh, I love that idea. You know, the long one with the slides and everything, and you can give that out, or you can direct them to a website if they want to listen to it. I'd put it on an audio CD that they can play in their car. Then maybe what you can do is have a link on the CD that takes them to the presentation, the customized one, for more details, for a deeper look, and you can automate that. Maybe an idea. Just go really fast and go through the core four, do the USP, the database, the joint venture, and then integrating it. A little bit about sales. And just prepare it and just fly through it and then offer it on a CD. Anyone who wants a CD, come up and get it. Make sure you get a name or number. Right. Trade them a card for a CD or a name and number. Or, Paul, when you go to that chamber meeting, if you really prepare for it and really put on a kick-ass presentation, you can wire yourself for audio. Where's the presentation being held? They have a pretty high-tech conference. So I'm sure they have video services. Maybe you can find out what will it cost for them to just shoot your presentation on video. Anyone you know who's got a digital camera and a tripod, and you just have it focused on you. Then you can put your presentation right on video. You need to be recording or videoing anything you're doing, but if you really prepare and give a kick-butt presentation, then you've got it captured. And then, boy, you could go to any chamber and say, well, here's a video of a chamber presentation on marketing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could take it and put the video up on your website so you've duplicated yourself. So I'd recommend doing that, too. If you do video, you'll have audio and video, and then you can do more with it. You can do the video presentation online. You can take the audio. You can put the audio on a CD. You can put the audio online. You can have the transcripts. But maybe hone the presentation down just to 20 minutes, real fast and furious, hard-hitting stuff. That's you presenting, not Richard. Right. Uh, definitely do that. So use that as an opportunity to can and clone yourself. Okay. I'll put that down, can and clone. And then it takes you out of the picture. Yeah. That's the end of this case study with Paul Flood. I hope this has been helpful, and I hope it encourages you to go out there and get your first client, even before you get the system. Now let's get going. Okay. I'm Bill Milliken. I'm in Mansfield, Ohio. My career has been over 30 years in consulting with small business owners, but relative to their accounting and business systems, like their computer systems. And in all of that time, the only people I've talked to are people that own their own businesses and their employees. But our business in doing computers came to the point where we're no longer current with how things are done these days. We grew up with mainframes in the 60s, and through the 70s, through about 2000, we were working with many computers and things that are no longer that big a deal. And what we've always done is very difficult to find a market for now, but it occurred to me after we've been thinking about what to do instead, and I finally realized that my expertise, along with writing software, has always been sitting down and talking with the owner of a small business and finding out what he needs and then filling the need. And so after studying the HMA system, I finally realized, well, this is right up my alley to do this. It's just in a different segment of small business. So last year when I did the HMA course in the winter of 2005, I had a couple clients I talked to, and they have been my clients, one of them a computer client for 30 years and the other one for 20 years this year. And I spoke with them about doing an HMA approach with them because their businesses are not growing anymore. Both of them, though, kind of blew me out of the water because their response was, I'm tired, I'd rather sell it than work on it. 
which is really disappointing to me because I know all about them. I know all of their, like, oozing hidden assets. I mean, they have all of the assets just sitting there, and they could be doing wonderful things that they don't want to. That was disappointing. I had sky-high hopes with that. And the one of the two, actually both of them, but, but the one that's been a client 30 years, even told me exactly what kind of a joint venture would make all the difference to her business. But she didn't want to do it because she'd rather sell it and she's tired. I was even excited about my very first client then, even had a joint venture deal, and I had the solution to the joint venture with yet another former computer client. And I even talked to him, and it was all set up. But then it fell through for those reasons. Then I've been fussing with doing Internet marketing since then. And a couple months ago, I thought, I really need to get back to this thing that I understand and get going with HMA again. So I've been re-studying, re-watched the DVD course. And one day at lunch, there's a little restaurant we go to, and I was sitting there, and we've been kind of friendly with the now owner of this little restaurant for a long time. He was the manager at a different restaurant, and we got to know him there. We were in his restaurant one day a month ago. I asked him, what is he doing to ask people to come back to the restaurant? You know, why do people keep coming here? And he said, I don't know, but he has had the business now six months. It's a very old business. He's been there 15, 20 years. It's a family business in a small town near here. Since he bought it, he and his wife, they haven't done anything the way he says it is. I haven't done anything yet to make money. What he's been doing is learning exactly what the business is before they start changing it or doing things to increase their profit. And just by being there, they've done a little promotion and increased their business by over 50% in the last five months, which is pretty good. And they're happy with that. But he wants to go yet another 10% over that this year, which will end up being close to 100% from where he started. But he was just starting to think about how do we do this. And I happened to be there, and I started asking questions about it. And I suggested a couple things, like since you don't know who your customers are, you can't mail to them, you can't promote them, you can only talk to them while they're here, but you can't send them something or whatever. And the advertising they have had success with are the little throwaway marketing newspapers. There's one here called ICBM, which is a little eight-page advertising business card-sized ad of things. And he's been doing that in three or four publications. But when he doesn't do it, the people come in anyway and say, well, I can't come as many times this month because where was your coupon? And it turns out a lot of people that are on fixed retiree income, and they wait for that coupon because it lets them go out to eat. So we've been exploring things like what could we do instead of those coupons so that they know they're getting maybe a better price because they keep coming in, maybe a member card, a frequent eater card or something. So then we started talking, and I said, I'm doing this for a living, is helping small businesses increase their sales and profits without spending more money advertising. And I think maybe I can help you grow your business. And I'm coming in this, speaking of the fears and stuff, in the case of Earl, I was comfortable talking with him. We had talked already, so he wasn't a cold call. He was actually several years' worth of chatting on and off over time. And, of course, he loves it. And then using your example, Richard, on the DVD training, you talked about maybe on your first marketing consulting gig, you do a couple of them for no charge. Right. Because that way you have somebody's name on a reference. And my entire career since 1973, I believe every client I've ever had, including the first one, was word of mouth. It was a referral from someone else. So I've never had to do cold calling. 
and my closing ratio always has been somewhere around 80-85% because I walked in the door, I'm already a friend. They know they want me. So I did this with Earl. I said, I'm going to do the first two steps of the system without charging it. It's okay if you comp me some meal, but I'm not going to charge you a fee. He thought he could probably comp me some meal. <laughs> We're in the process of the USP. At this point, I've gotten everything he thinks, and I've talked a bit with his wife, Amy, and I've talked to half of his employees and two customers to find out what they all think. So I'm at that point now, and Wednesday or Thursday of this week is our next appointment, when I'll go back and sit down with him and go over what people have told me. I don't see a way, the way their hours and things are broken up, to do something like a focus group to do brainstorming. But there's no disclarity. I've talked to one person at a time, and they're all open and friendly, and they're happy. They're madly in love with Earl and Amy because they make it fun to work there, and the old owner wasn't fun. So I'm getting a lot of the same kinds of feedback from everybody about why it's a great place to eat, and of course from the employees, also it's a great place to work. So that's where I'm at. All right, that's great, Bill. I appreciate it. You're listening to an exclusive interview found on Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. Tell me your name, where you're from, and how you got intertwined with this HMA consulting thing, and we'll just roll into the story of how you ended up getting your first client. Okay. Matthew Pepple here in Chicago, Illinois. Probably the last, I would say, seven, eight years, even longer, I've been intrigued by marketing. It so happened I was working at an accounting firm. I first came out of school and this guy handed me this tape program. It happened to be Jay Abraham's Your Secret Wealth. I listened to that and I was kind of intrigued by it. Although all my work experience from that point and even up through the last couple of years was all accounting, but I was intrigued by Jay's ideas about the three ways to grow a business and all this stuff. So in the back of my mind, I wanted to be able to help businesses more than just recording their accounting transactions. So I started to study a lot of the marketing grades. I studied Joe Vitale and Dan Kennedy stuff, his magnetic marketing, and got some Jay Abraham stuff, and even some Chet Holmes. You know, reading all this stuff and trying to figure out how I could deliver it. Because a friend that would have a business, I would help them with some little tidbit of information I had from one of these guys that I read and studied. You know, they were kind of like, wow, how'd you know that? But I never really had a systematic way to help people. So I was shooting from the hip or recommending this strategy, but nothing really formal. So in a subconscious way, it was trying to think of how can I get something where I can deliver this in a way that's systematic or I can know how to charge. So essentially, being in tune with the marketing stuff, I came across your information. It may have been something you were selling on eBay. So I may have been on your list or something because I've been getting emails from you for a while. And I must have been on your email list because I remember first reading maybe a couple years ago about how you got the Jay Abraham cassette and been really interested in trying to figure out a way to do marketing consulting because I had all of this content, different people who were experts in the area, but I had no way to put it all together and go to a prospective client or a business to help them because I really wanted to help these small businesses. I always wanted to do small, medium-sized businesses. So anyway, at some point, I must have gotten something from you, an email, and I probably read over it a couple times, and then I called you, and that was that. So I ordered it from you, studied the materials, and my first client, it was a company that I patronized, which is this all-natural eco-manufacturer guy. Were they local? Yeah, they're local. I had a business relationship with them via me purchasing products from them. And even back when I was purchasing, I was talking to the guy about marketing. I didn't have a system. 
two, three years ago, but when I first met him, I was talking to him about marketing more effectively. So he remembered me from buying stuff, but also just talking some marketing ideas out to him when I first met him. So anyway, I just called him up because I'm really interested in the eco-natural stuff. I called him up and set up an appointment using the information that you guys are giving me. I say one thing, the system actually gave me not only a formal way to present it, but I think it gave me more confidence in how I would actually approach a company. Why is that? Because it was systematized and I didn't have to figure out, like I was doing prior to this, I was just thinking, okay, I know USP. I always knew USP was the first thing from Dan Kennedy stuff. Message, market, and media. That's what his approach to everything was. So I always knew the USP, but I felt like something was missing and I didn't have enough to go to a client. I didn't know what to charge. So once I got the HMA system, I had a complete turnkey way to deliver some of the things that I already knew. It gave me a lot of confidence in the knowledge that I already had because it was put all together for me to go to a customer. They could understand it better this way. Had you looked at any other systems or were you shopping other consulting opportunities? You know, I got all the J. Abraham PEQ stuff. I didn't buy the program, but I almost bought it. I got sent home program, so I already knew about that. But I hadn't come upon anything. I was actually getting a lot of stuff in the mail from the Y2K company all the time. I never responded to it, but I used to get stuff in the mail all the time. Did you know how much that program was? No, I never knew how much it cost. 35000 plus you pay a percentage of everything you make. Oh, really? Wow. You know, the way they marketed it, it was kind of obnoxious way. I used to get these things. They would use cool headlines, which I thought they adapted from some of the old great John Capel stuff on all their postcards. I could see that's what they were doing. They would say, if you're not making at least 100000 right now, then we don't need to talk to you. Something like that. Marketed like you got to be a super-duper serious person to even talk to us. It was pretty easy with this guy because I had this relationship with him. And I would say one thing, that may be a great route to go. I know you guys talk about getting an endorsement or getting a list from maybe some people you already do business with. But some of the people that you actually do business with daily are great prospects. You got a local grocery store, you got a cleanup, you got some places or something that you're already patronizing. Most of those mom and pop shops are really looking for somebody to help them with their marketing, in which this case this guy was. They're doing like a million and a half, but he's wearing all the hats. He's trying to be a marketer, payroll guy, operations. And, you know, I sat down with him. I did the opportunity analysis word for word right off the sheet. And he accepted it, and that was my first client. I charged $1,500 for the first project, and he paid for it, and it was no problem. All right, very good. Did you get a second project with him? I did get a second project, another $1,500. And actually, we never completed it because the guy's kind of a scattered type guy, so I did the sales training. I was trying to get the stuff integrated into all his marketing efforts, and I just never got back over that. He paid me for it. I didn't even get to the last step I was trying to get to do some packages for him. That's going to happen. Some are going to flake out and not go all the way through. What advice would you give anyone considering getting into the consulting business as far as how to get their first client? What would be your worldly advice based just on your experience? Based on my experience, I would read all the information and get familiar with the system itself once they receive it. And then I personally would go to businesses that I'm already familiar with. And even almost as a practice, just to get comfortable with it, I would just go get one of those really quick as a client. That was what I would suggest. 
that gives you more comfort level. There's a relationship there already. And then once you get that first client, then you feel more comfortable doing the cold calls and more comfortable with even the endorsed calls, you know, warm calls. Like a friend of yours knows this business owner. He referred me to you. But I would go directly. It was the easiest for me. But I think everyone has a rapport like that with some business. You know what I mean? I think that's the easiest step, to go grab one really quickly boost your confidence enough where you can get the script down. Even if you screw up, you know, they know you already. Oh, I forgot to tell you about this one, right? I go on Craigslist and I type in marketing. And so this is Bed and Breakfast in Ottawa, Illinois. So this guy's looking for somebody to help him market, but he doesn't really have any money because this may be a year old. So I did opportunity analysis with him over the phone. So this is going to be a straight barter deal, but I'll have a $1,500 credit at this bed and breakfast. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Craigslist has a whole barter trade section. So I'll have that. He was astonished at some of the stuff I was saying. I sent him the outline with the full project. There's nothing wrong with that. You could have him provide you script. You know what script is? No. When you do barter, what you do is you set your deals up like this. You say, look, I'll take you through an opportunity analysis. We're going to trade for $1,500 worth of services from your bed and breakfast. I want those services in the form of $100 little notes, okay? So have them make little gift certificates worth $100. You want to be able to make sure it's transferable, that you could pass it on to someone or sell it to someone. You don't want any expiration date on it, and it's redeemable just like it is for cash. You know, a hundred bucks worth of any products or services from their bed and breakfast. Outline the terms of what you want on there. And then you have a currency that you could go and trade someone else. You've got something worth a hundred dollars worth of bed and breakfast that you can trade and negotiate with. And okay. you can do this with all your vendors you do trade for. Okay. I really know that. You can make a lot of money just by saving money. I bartered all my server time with my website host provider. That server is 300 bucks a month. I've got the next 18 months all paid for through consulting. I do a lot of trade, and it's a great way to keep that money in your pocket. Yeah, it's a cool thing. The place where it's located is the place where my parents used to take me as a kid. Yeah, so you and your wife and your kid, you go have a vacation. Right. Or I was just thinking about maybe using it with another client. After I talk to you, I'm doing an opportunity analysis with this guy who has a small bookstore in a neighborhood. Good job. Tell me how you got that opportunity analysis appointment. Just walk in. It's a black bookstore. So it's got a lot of black books in there and all type of African art. And I was looking around for some books for my kids at the owner of the store. It's at the front desk. So I started talking to him. And I said, well, are you interested in growing the business? He said, well, of course. I said, well, the reason why I asked that is because some business owners that I asked that question to say no. Or in their capacity or they can't feel. And he's like, I can't believe any business owner would say that. He said, who could ever be a capacity? Yeah, he's surprised. Maybe he was blowing me off. Conversation kind of followed from there. Established some rapport really fast, and I set up something with him and uh, confirmed it. All right, that's great. So it's really as simple as talking to people. Yeah, you know, I find it's easy because I bought a listener for USA and did the cold call stuff. And like you said, it's much harder. Oh, yeah. Besides your two clients that we've talked about in previous recordings, the real estate guy with his course and your bean products guy, have you obtained any other clients? I have one client that's an iridologist. Yeah, I think you told me a little bit about that. What I did with her is I initially did the opportunity analysis, and she's not really making much money at all. So essentially her husband is kind of funding her whole thing. 
So my initial proposal, because I'm just popping 1500 per project, but when I did that, and they were going to do it, but they were trying to get the money together or whatever. So I said, well, if you give me a list of some business owners that you'll endorse me over to, I'll do it for 500 a project. So I did the first project for 500 bucks. You did a UST for her? Yeah, and they really liked the UST. She was totally astonished. What was it? Just curious. Uh, the UST counter was parallel to what the UST for the marketing services. I said, well, here's what your UST is. We show people using a multi-dimensional approach and without the use of harmful and toxic drugs how to improve their health in 14 days or less guaranteed.